Good morning, everyone. Jim Laird here from uh, Largo, Florida, which is near St. Pete and Tampa. It's a beautiful, muggy morning here. Uh, just some housekeeping. If you have anything you'd like us to cover here, um, please leave uh, suggestions in the comments. We want to help you guys out as much as you can, provide you guys with as much value and information as possible. Um, so please do that. Also like uh, and subscribe this, you know, obviously the stuff we're talking about, the algorithm is uh, not going to be pushing this out. So if you could like and subscribe or share this with someone uh, that you think would find helpful and then the bell notification is, is great as well. That gives you an update. Uh, and if you notice, if you go into our YouTube channels, we have scheduled out all of the different lives we have coming up um, so that you can kind of set reminders. You can look and search through and see the ones that you find most useful and the ones you find most interesting. But like I said, please leave us suggestions because we're always looking for, for new things to talk about. At the end of this month, Dr. Stillman is doing an HTMA course where he's actually going to like get into hair tissue analysis, how to interpret it, you know, what, you know, how to, you know, get the labs, all that sort of stuff and what it means, how to adjust your diet, all these sort of things. And of course, I think a lot of people are really interested on how they can do these tests themselves. And basically, you know, whether you're a practitioner or you just want to do it for yourself, that's going to be a really great course. Um, if you go into Dr. Stillman's link in the link tree, you hit link tree, it'll see HTMA course. That'll take you into the email funnel. It'll take you into a series of videos from Dr. Stillman. And at the end of the month, there will be a webinar where Dr. Stillman's going to go over what's offered in the course and, uh, and all that good stuff. He should be joining me here shortly. And, um, you know, I know today understanding selenium toxicity, um, you know, obviously I'm not an expert on this, but I tell you what, I've learned a lot from, from hanging around with Dr. Stillman and chatting with him, um, getting to see all the different labs and working with people. And, and, uh, it's been a lot of fun, um, learning from, uh, learning from Dr. Stillman and, uh, here he is. So today, good morning, everyone. Good morning Dr. Stillman. How are you? Doing great. Good morning, everyone. How is everyone? Drop it in the comments. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to answer your questions. If you have those, drop those as well. Yes, we did. We we talked about them sharing uh, suggestions for for uh, topics. Future topics and all that good stuff. Yeah. So obviously, selenium. Um, this is a great topic. I think mm -hmm. we we saw uh, an outlier. Good morning, David. I think we saw an outlier. Um, I think you set a world record for selenium level. We did we did uh, was it last week or this week it was a couple weeks ago yeah uh we saw a um a selenium level of about 650 yeah that was in somebody who was consuming uh well i, I asked her you know look and i'll, I'll explain the whole story here because it's, it's a really it's very typical of what we see in the practice so young woman busy professional taking different supplements you know, looking for answers to things like fatigue and anxiety and so on and so forth. And she, you know, reached for different supplements, went to a local functional medicine practitioner in her area, did some tests that I would normally do and uh, had a report generated from that, that listed a couple of things. And she took their whole protocol and got zero results and was very dissatisfied and then sought out our care and my care. And I got the report that she sent me uh, that was sent to her by the practitioner in the office that she went to. And the report 
mentioned the different abnormalities that they'd explained to her. But then I said, look, would you please send me the actual raw data from these lab tests so that I can uh, give you my interpretation on them? So she sends me her actual you know, raw data, the real lab tests. And I look through them. And at the end of one of the lab tests, I see that her selenium level is 650, which is three times the upper limit of normal approximately. Uh, and this is a blood level for the record. And so I said to her, you know, what is going on that your, your selenium level is like 650. And she looked through all of her supplements and she was on two different supplements that had one of them had 400 micrograms of selenium in it per day. And the other one had 200 micrograms of selenium per day. So she was getting about, you know, 600 micrograms. And I've seen three cases where the selenium level was either high normal or out of the, out of the normal range significantly. Uh, one of those lost to follow up. I never heard back from him after I told him to stop his selenium supplement. All three of them were selenium supplements creating the artificially or, or remarkably high level. And then, um, one of those other ones, he was in the high two hundreds, all of his problems resolved when he stopped taking the selenium supplement. Yeah. And that's why we're such a huge yeah. advocate of real food, right? Cause it's, it's almost impossible. Cause I was a Brazil nut monster Right. Um, you know, it was eating Brazil nuts like crazy right. and selenium levels were, were normal. So I, it, wouldn't you say that it's almost impossible, not a, impossible, but it's a lot more difficult to drive your minerals and things into wacky imbalances without help with supplementation. 100%. And we see this a lot with different clients we've worked with where somebody will be on like 15 different supplements and then you start going through and adding up the different things that are in each one and they don't realize they're getting these massive super physiological doses of things they aren't even realizing it let's right. back up a little bit let's talk about what is selenium and what does it do selenium is one of the most important minerals the body has it plays a critical role in uh, your antioxidant status so neutralizing oxidative stress selenium plays a critical role in the production of thyroid hormone Selenium has a lot of other um, uses and functions in the body that, frankly, I don't remember off the top of my head because they're largely academic. When it comes down to how much selenium people need, well, for starters, selenium levels in our food have dropped. If you look at optimal levels for selenium, they seem to be produced by somewhere between 100 and 400 micrograms of selenium per day. That's very important because many people are not even reaching 100 micrograms per day. That's part of why selenium supplementation is so popular in the functional integrative natural medicine world. People see the value in supplementing with this mineral because they see either chronically low levels in hair or in blood, and they note that they feel much better when they increase their load. So that's part of why. In addition to that, we may have, as we see with the other uh, positively charged minerals, an increased need in our modern world because of stress and because of pollution and because of all these other things that uh, that we're dealing with uh, here in here in you know modern America, where most of our patients are. So most people do better when we drive their selenium intake up. For those of you who don't know, the key uh, uh, dietary sources for selenium would be uh, Brazil nuts, shellfish to a certain extent, fish, and then eggs. Individual concentrations of selenium in those foods are going to vary quite a lot. Brazil nuts, though, are absolutely the strongest source of selenium. So if you look at the amount of selenium that's found in just a handful of Brazil nuts, like four Brazil nuts, 
uh, there's 300 and something micrograms of selenium. And people don't know this. And so they'll end up eating some eggs and some Brazil nuts. And then maybe they have some seafood later. You're at 400, 500, 600 micrograms of selenium. You don't need a supplement. If you start taking a supplement, you're going to drive that number higher. And this is something that really is lost on most people, doesn't get enough press in the functional and integrative medicine world. A lot of this is because people aren't bothering to test selenium levels. They're just putting people on supplements wildly. Um, and that's, again, part of why we test. We test because we don't want to guess. Yeah, we've seen a lot of people get in trouble by just throwing shit against the wall, so to speak, and using the shotgun approach, right? Yes, that's right. So a lot of people. So w w when you have somebody who's who's trying to like, you know, overall look at their diet and make sure there's nothing wacky going on, uh, would you recommend people putting their putting their their information into something like chronometer? That's part of why we do chronometer, you know, at the practice, and we like to get everyone to give us a week of their dietary data because we'll find patterns, we'll find things, you know, as you and I you see so often with our coaching calls, people will say. If they're saying, oh, I've got this problem or that problem, or this isn't working for me, or that's not working for me, I'm not getting the results I want. The first question is, well, you know, tell us about your life. Tell us about your day. Tell us about your diet. We hear things like, oh, I get a lot of protein, or I eat a lot of fish, or I eat a lot of this, I eat a lot of that. And the first question that both of us have learned to ask quite independently of one another is, what does that mean, right? Because somebody says, I eat a lot of fish and shellfish. Okay, fine. Do you eat a lot of scallops? Do you eat a lot of salmon? Do you eat a lot of sardines? Do you eat a lot of tuna? Do you eat a lot of king mackerel? Do you eat a lot of halibut? You know, we'll have two people. They both say, I eat a lot of seafood. One of them is eating sardines and anchovies three, four, five times a week. The other one is eating tuna and king mackerel and shark and swordfish. These are completely different people because the other thing is there's other patterns that go along with that. Your people who are doubling down on the anchovies and the sardines tend to be more um, they're more in the biohacker space. They're more um, hardcore, let's say, about their wellness. If somebody's telling me they eat a lot of seafood, but it's the tuna, the shark, the swordfish, the mackerel, those people tend to be more your CEOs, your high earners, your high achievers. Uh, they have enough money to get into more trouble than a lot of you know regular folks. So you also have to be alert for things like, are they staying up too late? Are they partying too much? Are they using designer drugs? Is the stress of their high intensity job, high intensity profession, burning them out and contributing to some of their problems. These are little things that you can't really can't get into just by looking at someone's data. You have to get to know them and talk to them in order to understand them. And that's why you know, continuous coaching and, and all these sort of things is so important to get context because my definition of what is a lot of protein or right. a lot of food right. is going to be completely different than you when I first met you. Right. Right. So, exactly. Or some little old lady, her, her idea of a lot of protein, or if you ask someone like, how's your sleep? Um, my sleep's great. And then we actually get into the data and look at it and we're like, Oh wow. Like this is your definition of great sleep. We, we have some work to do here. You know, well, on top of that, you know, something we haven't talked about Jim is that, you know, you look at aura ring data, right? I mean, we, we both look at aura ring data a lot. And when we look at the aura ring data, one of the striking things to notice is that even people who have trashed sleep, they're still in the 60s on the aura ring. They don't go down to zero. Right. So right away, aura must have, have tuned into the fact that people are being are used to being graded from you know an F to an A. So 60 to 95 or 100, right? And on top of that, 
they must have normalized that curve to people who are baking in artificial light at night, people who are not getting enough sunlight during the day, who are not eating enough protein. They've basically normalized their sleep scores to a sick and dysfunctional populace. And that's one reason why when we coach people consistently and they really go ahead and do what we recommend that they do, it's very common for them to suddenly skyrocket into the top, you know, 95th, 100th percentile for sleep scores. Now, I just got sleep scores the other day from somebody who is frankly not doing everything he, he knows he ought to be doing. You know, I could say that about 98% of my patients, but, you know, he, he could probably be doing a lot more right, but he's still getting sleep scores in the 90s, right? And so, you know, what's normal for people now is just so subnormal, suboptimal. It's sad. Normal has become this is dysfunction. Absolutely. Much, um, and, and that's sad because the more we go into this, like, take the easy path, like, you know, more of an indoor life, more of a comfortable life, food being delivered to your door, mm-hmm. you know, not, not having to go out and do things. People are getting sucked into this, this complacency, into this lazy lifestyle, this comfortable lifestyle. And it, and it's literally, it's really killing people and they're making it normal, so to speak, you know? That's absolutely right. Yeah. They're normalizing dysfunction. They're normalizing disease. They're normalizing unhealthy mindsets. You know, what I see happening with all that is that it's very profitable to normalize dysfunction that uh, creates recurring customers who never escape the cycles of your business, right? Well, and you're much easier to control too, right? Um, Right. It's like that movie. What was that movie? Wally. They have the the guy who's like right in front of the screen who's hooked up and with his virtual goggles and literally... I mean, that's, that's where we're going. And so you've got to make a conscious choice against that if you don't want to be part of that, because I sure as hell don't. Yeah, you absolutely do have to make a conscious choice. You have to choose. You have to choose every day. You have to create consistency. You have to create habits that are going to keep you out of that. Because as you know, as we've seen, people go down that road of increasing automation, decreasing in-person interaction, increasing reliance on technology, increasing reliance on convenience. And it hamstrings their progress. You know, yesterday I was on the phone with, or maybe it was Tuesday, I can't remember. I was on the phone with a, a gentleman who um, he's very busy, runs his own company. He's trying to eat healthy and he tried to hire a, a private chef and the private chef was not able to be consistent enough for him to get his needs met. And so he would be consistent with the private chef for a week and then he would go out to eat for a week and then he would be consistent with the private chef for a week and then he would go out to eat for a week. And you have to find systems, you have to find people who you can rely on and count on and depend upon in order to um, create consistency in the habits and choices that are going to create resiliency long term. And it's something that a lot of people are tempted to kick down the road and put off until tomorrow, until tomorrow, until tomorrow. We see a lot of people doing that. We see a lot of people saying, well, you know, you know, let me just give me get my business in a little better place or well, let me just, you know, get this season of my life, you know, over, or let me just figure out this thing or that thing. And then, you know, they're calling us when the chips are down and they're really sick and they actually need us to basically pull a rabbit out of a hat and reinvent their health overnight. And, you know, I hate to break it to people, but that's a much more expensive way to go about getting your health care than actually focusing on prevention, getting, you know, labs. You know, I, we talked about this yesterday. I got my labs drawn. I think it was last Friday. They're almost finalized and everything looks frankly good. There are some things I, there are questions I have about some of the lab values, like my testosterone dropped by about a hundred points. I'm not actually sure why that is. I need to look into it. 
but my vitamin D looks good. My high sensitivity CRP looks good. My magnesium level is, it's, it's not where I want it, but it's a whole lot better than the average person. And for somebody who works as much as I do and works as hard as I do and has as much stress from the work that I do that I have, it's really good. It's much better than the vast majority of my patients. Everything else, kidney, liver function, electrolytes, blood counts, everything looks totally normal, totally fine. And, you know, that's part of, you know, I practice what I preach, right? I stay on top of my blood work. I do quarterly lab draws or every six month lab draws. And when we get people to see their data, then they're truly motivated to get better and actually kick their bad habits. It's actually striking how remarkable that it's striking how powerful that is. The same person I was talking about just a moment ago with the, the private chef, they had a very high level of aluminum in their hair. And that aluminum for the record, aluminum is a neurotoxin. If you don't know, it's a really big problem in our modern world that underarm deodorants contain aluminum, uh, canned beverages leach a lot of aluminum. When I see someone drinking a lot of canned beverages and this guy was drinking a lot of energy drinks, when you're doing that, the aluminum is bioaccumulating. You're not going to have a high blood level in most cases, but you are having higher and higher burdens accumulate in your cells and in your neurons. If you look in the, in the brains of patients who die of Alzheimer's disease, their concentrations of aluminum are much, much higher as are other heavy metals. It's part of why I like hair mineral analysis. It gives me an insight into what your uh, toxic metal burden is. And that's a big clue as to your overall health and metabolism. And so seeing that high aluminum level really got him to, you know, kick the energy drink habit. The other thing we did is we looked at his, his blood work, his other labs, and said, okay, based on what your, your presentation is and what your labs are, you're going to do really well with this cocktail of the different nutrients in order to keep your brain functioning optimally so you're not constantly reaching for the energy drinks. Yeah, you know, I, I think a lot of people don't understand, especially if you're a coach, you know, watching this. Um, you know, when you're leading a group of people and you're having to have very serious co uh, conversations where you have to pay attention, you're doing a lot of podcasts, you're doing a lot of interviews, you're doing a lot of problem solving. Like, I don't think people realize how emotionally and 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 just overall draining that is on your system when you're having to be highly focused for, you know, or you're on several group calls in a day or you do several podcasts in a day. The amount of focus and mental energy that goes into that is absolutely uh, insane. Or if you're like at a, a public event and you're doing like, say you're doing five or six, like, one hour presentations that I, I've, I've done some big public speaking events where I had to do multiple presentations in front of a whole bunch of people that is absolutely draining and your brain uses up a lot of gas. And so a lot of you people that are doing a lot of group coaching calls or you're doing coaching calls, you know, you really have to, and we, we do our best to give ourselves enough downtime where we're chilling and relaxing, but it's really easy to get sucked into that loop. Because you're not, you don't think like, well, I'm not working that hard because I'm not doing anything physically. Right. But if it's emotional stress or mental stress, it's just stress. And if you've got a lot more stress on a consistent basis, then you're put, then you're putting gas back in the tank. Eventually, you're gonna you're gonna run into trouble. And obviously, the younger you are, um, well, to a certain point, some of the younger kids today aren't very resilient. But you know, as you get older you don't have the resiliency that you, that you used to have. But I would argue that even me almost at 50 with multiple head injuries and all sorts of other shenanigans that I've been through, 
I'm going to be more resilient than a lot of the younger, you know, 18, 19 year old kids because they never played outside. They don't go outside. They're in front of screens. So a lot of them are a lot more fragile than a lot of the older people are today. Like if you took the average 18, 19 year old kid and took him to the playground and the average 50, 50 something year old guy who was like a former athlete, I guarantee you most of these 50 year old dudes are going to run circles around them because these kids today just haven't done anything. Absolutely. Yeah. And that was one of the things actually that woke me up to how bad modern technology was. I noticed that the kids I was seeing who were being treated for things like chronic Lyme disease, they were, um, they had a much lower chance of resolving their issues than the older people did, which doesn't make sense. Younger people should always bounce back from an illness faster than older people. There are some exceptions to that that are based on the mechanism of the illness. But at the end of the day, I thought, why can't these young kids who are eating perfect diets and drinking perfectly clean, healthy, pure water, and they're on all these supplements and they're doing this and they're doing that. Why aren't they getting better? And what I noticed was they didn't have time outside. They didn't have time in nature. They were constantly on their technology devices and they were constantly roasting themselves with high intensity wireless radiation. And you, you know, you, the average 50 year old they have some technology habits, you know, they've got wireless radiation in their house. They have all these things. They're not, you know, living in the stone age for the most part, but their, their, their normal day to day from, from their youth included a lot of the healthy habits that Jim and I help people form in our coaching programs and that we see transforming their lives as they continue to double down on them. Yeah. You, you, they have a whole lifetime of climbing fences and riding bikes for hours and hours. Like I, when I was growing up, we like, there's a meme where it's like parent in the seventies trying to drag the kid inside. Yeah. Parent in the, in the two thousands trying to drag the kid outside. I don't honestly, I, I don't want to be doom and gloom. I don't think you can honestly make up for all of that resiliency and brain development and all the stuff you develop by being outside and playing. I, I think if you waste that, when you're young, I, I think it puts you behind the eight ball for the rest of your life. That's, that's just my opinion. And that's why if you're, if you're a parent, like you, like you got to get your kids outside, you got to get your kids playing different sports. You've got to get them moving because movement is how young mammals learn. That's how their brains develop. So we've got a whole generation of kids that don't move and are, don't go outside and their circadian rhythms are busted. And it is going to be an absolute fill in the blank show here in about 10 or 15 years, it's going to be like insane. The amount of health issues and neurological and depression and all that sort of stuff. Cause these kids just don't have, they just don't have that foundation of wellness that from their childhood. Well, I was even, you know, just regardless of the exercise and the physical activity outside, you know, it's far more normal for a 50, 60, 70 year old to get their coffee and drink it outside. Right. Than a 20, 30 something year old. Who's just, you know, get up. I mean, particularly with the obsession with screens, people. And I remember this, you know, when I was younger, I was obsessed with video games. I love playing them. I love being online. I love the internet. I can, I still, still do. Right. I don't play video games very much anymore. Very, very rarely. Uh, it's more like the, uh, the, uh, recreational equivalent of like dessert for me right now. I might have it once a week, once a month even. But what I, you know, it was, it was, I know so many older people where it was normal for them to get up every single morning and have that coffee outside or go for a walk or whatever. 
And it's so normal for young people because of the way that the sun makes it hard to see your screen to just live a completely indoor, totally dimly lit life. Dr. Stillman, do you want to burn the inter internet down and talk about vegetarianism? Yeah, my recommendation to a vegetarian would be to not be a vegetarian. Yeah. Um, I, there's some rare exceptions to that, actually. I have had moments in my practice where I looked at blood work and I thought, wow, you're, you've been particularly if they've been like carnivore or keto for a long time, they may they have a tendency to have absolutely trashed all the nutrients that are present in vegetables. Especially maybe, if they're training really hard and doing carnivore. Oh yes. You know. yes. And so there is a place for giving them back those nutrients and actually loading them with vegetables. But at the end of the day, you absolutely need protein in our, in our modern world. People are always asking, well, what about the yogis in India? And what about the, you know, I, I myself went to China to, to study Shaolin Kung Fu very briefly for you know, two weeks back in medical school. Because I was very curious about it, still am. And the Shaolin monks, you know, swear by a vegan diet. But at the end of the day, people say, well, they want to do a vegan diet or the yogis are doing a vegan diet. I say, look, they're at the 11th latitude in India. They're living high in the mountains of China. All they do is Kung Fu and meditation all day. And you think you're going to eat the same diet and get the same outcomes you know, sitting in front of an artificially lit screen in an indoor environment here in the United States being roasted by wireless radiation and breathing air pollution. Well, I mean, that's highly variable, but people should get the idea. Don't count on getting the same outcome someone else is getting um, if you're not doing everything that they're doing. The other piece of that, by the way, um, is that I, I hate to say this, but so many people lie about the outcomes they're getting to support their paradigm. You know, like the carnivore guys are not out there talking about their massive, colossal treatment failures. The people who are coming to guys like Jim and I saying, look, I'm metabolically broken. I have been, you know, been through all these the years and years of low carb or, you know, carnivore diet or whatever. Uh, there's lots of those people out there. Many of them are stuck in not being willing to negotiate on that diet and incorporate some of the things they've they've given up. I mean, Jim, you've seen that in spades. Well, before yeah. I, before I throw that back to you though, I do want to answer the question that James actually asked, which mm -hmm. is, do you recommend, uh, supplementing, um, uh, selenium if you're not eating Brazil nuts and you're not getting significant uh, sources of selenium in your diet otherwise? And my general answer would be yes. But I think you have to ask a question as to why are you not getting any sources of selenium in your diet? And why wouldn't you eat Brazil nuts, like an allergy or something? Amen. That's exactly where I was going with that, right? Now, it's possible for you to have a tree nut allergy that precludes you from eating Brazil nuts and a fish and shellfish allergy and an egg allergy, and therefore you can't eat any of that. But if you're coming to me with that burden of allergic disease, we need to talk about what's happened in your life to totally and completely derail your immune system because it is not normal for you to not be able to eat these giant food groups where there's dozens of different options, right? And you, what you're going to find in those cases is major, major toxic exposures, major relationship stress and toxic broken, broken circadian rhythms, broken circadian rhythms, completely dysfunctional light environments, all kinds of other things. And that's why when you get into the integrative and natural health space, lots of people will say, well, finally, when I did this, this, and this, you know, my allergies went away or my, you know, low thyroid symptoms went away or whatever. So protein powders are great um, for supplementing. Like I don't like them as a meal. You can, if you're in a pinch and you, you've got no other choice, 
I like them after training, uh, but I, they don't replace a meal, especially if you're trying to lose weight, you want to eat real food. Right. Um, but you know, I like to basically make sure people rotate through them. So they use a whey isolate for a while, a goat whey, they switch to a beef isolate. They, they switch to an egg isolate. Um, but that's basically a lot of people will stick with whey and then they end up developing like an allergy to it. But that, that's basically my thoughts on it. A little bit about working with vegans. And I've had dozens and dozens and dozens of vegans over the years come to me, hair falling out, can't get pregnant, um, you know, brittle nails, you, you name it, you know. And I have seen a couple people pull it off, um, you know, with supplementation and, and different things like that. Um but I always ask them, why are you a vegan? And then they usually give me the answer is either I think it's healthy for me. And then I start giving them information about the, this might not be the case. Right. I, I educate them about latitude, where you're living, what's growing in your environment, different cultures. We, you know, like there hasn't really been a successful vegan culture in history. We go through that. And then if they say I do it because I don't want to kill animals, then that's a different conversation. Like, so do you buy all your stuff at Publix? Okay, if you do, if you don't grow it in your own backyard on your own, you're actually killing more animals than if you actually just ate a cow, right? Because of all the critters and commercial farming. So we have these discussions. And then I basically tell them, look, you know, I can work with you, but you got to understand until you can start getting some protein and some animal products into your life, you're not going to see the results that you would. Um, and then I work through that with them and I basically give them information and, and it's their life. If they want to do that to themselves, that's, that's we're omnivores. Right. Um, so if they want to do that to themselves, great. But I have the conversations because a lot of times people don't know why they've been brainwashed in school. Like a lot of the, high, the kids that I've worked with in the last 10 years, they're being taught in school that it's better to be a vegan. Right. And then so they start listening to what they were told in school. Then you start giving them the vegetarian myth book. You start educating them on different things, and then all of a sudden they're able to make the mind up for themselves. So a lot of it, when I deal with a vegan, the first question is, is why? Is it ethical, religious? If it's religious, then that's a totally different animal. But if it's if it's an ethical reason versus uh, I think it's healthy, you know, that way we can kind of have a conversation. And in the end, they have to come up with a decision that's that's best for them. And I have also have to give them real realistic expectations of the results they can expect if they continue to choose that strategy. Absolutely. Yeah. And for the record, fish and shellfish are totally loaded with selenium. It's part of why the pescatarians can get away with being pescatarian. If you're good, if you want to be a vegan and because you're basically, you don't want to harm animals, pescatarian is the best way to do it. Right. Although I don't think that's technically even remote. Well, if you want to be vegan ish, 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 ish. ish. and don't, and don't move to the Arctic. Don't do it. Because you won't be able to be a vegan. Modern life is the only thing that's allowed most people to be a vegan. And and modern industrial farming, which kills more animals and destroys the environment more than anything. And people would say, oh, well, they used to eat this way way back in the day. And I would say, yeah, when they didn't have better choices. <laughs> well, that's the only thing you had. Yeah. And right. Then, you know, state of starvation and famine. So, Jim, I think that's enough for today. What do you think? I think that's great. So make sure you go into Dr. Stillman's link tree below. Sign up for the HTMA course uh, that's coming up. There'll be a link there's right a, there to take into that. HTMA webinar coming up at the end of the month. I'm going to be holding that with Clark Engelbert. If you're a coach, doctor, other practitioner, you're curious about minerals, mitochondria, energy, it's going to be for you. You're going to love it. We're going to have a course that's rolling out right after that that you guys should check out as well. 
Uh, even if you're just an interested lay person, it'll be a lot of fun for you. You'll get a lot out of it. I know a lot of my, my patients are curious enough that they would want to take this and enjoy uh, this course a great deal. We um, talked about that, how much the lay person would benefit from this before you got on. Oh, thank you. Excellent. You're welcome. My yeah. pleasure. Yeah. And um, what else, Jim? Oh, fundamentals of wellness. Yep. If you want us to help you break you out of the uh, trap that you're being, uh, the Sarlacc, if you've ever watched uh, Empire Strikes Back, that giant pit with the tentacles coming out that people are being pulled into. If you want to help, you want us to help you be like, like Han Solo and shoot the little tentacle so that you can break free from the, the Sarlacc, we will gladly help you with that. I love that you made that analogy, Jim. It just came to me. It was, it was, it was beautiful. Yeah. So join our fundamental wellness course. We have a monthly group coaching calls. People get a lot out of those. You'll really enjoy them. My brain is at full capacity when I'm out here getting my, my morning light and creating easy. You're glistening quite a lot. Jim is losing a lot of water right now due to sweat. He's getting, he's getting, getting, this is my version of the sauna. That's right. That's right. I'm going to go get some sauna right now. Have a wonderful day, Dr. Stillman. Everyone have a great day. Please like, subscribe, share, hit the bell. See you tomorrow.